Well, uh, everybody, good afternoon. Uh, this is CFFFM uh, uh, 92.7, and this will be inside Peterborough in just a moment because we got uh, Devin here. And uh, Devin, a uh, very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, uh, Bob. How are you doing? Well, <laughs> I'm doing great today. I'm doing great. That's good, and uh, good afternoon, everybody out there, and welcome to another edition of Insight Peterborough, which is a project of the uh, Canadian Council of the Blind, the Peterborough chapter of uh, CCB. And if you want more information about CCB, Peterborough, all you have to do is email ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, um, October is or has been Ontario Disability Employment Month. And uh, if we don't get too many uh, uh, interruptions from Siri, <laughs> uh, we'll be able to interview Jeanette Campbell, who is the executive director of the Ontario Disability Employment Network. Hi, Jeanette. How are you? I'm good, Devin. How are you? That's, I'm fine, thanks. So, first of all, when we, when we talk about employment or, or the rate of unemployment among people with disabilities, what kind of, uh, what kind of uh, um, percentages are we looking at? Well, it's actually pretty interesting to look at. If you look just at Ontario alone, Devin, uh, the unemployment rate for people who have a disability is sitting at about 16%. But that has to be compared to 5.7% for people who don't report having a disability. Uh, overall, for Canada, it's currently sitting at 59%, which which is up. Uh, it's actually up from the last stats can report in 2012. They had that uh, employment rate sitting at only 48%. So there has been... Uh, some change in the rate, but despite a lot of efforts, uh, it still isn't increasing as fast as we think it should. So the employment rate among people with disabilities is up from 48 to 59. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's okay. the number of people who are actually engaged in work. Okay. So um, now... When was the Ontario Disability Employment Network uh, uh, founded, and um, what uh, what have you been uh, doing during uh, the uh, specific month? So the Ontario Disability Employment Network, which a lot of people are familiar with it being called ODIN, has been around, uh, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary last year. So formally, we've been around for 11 years. Uh, so we're a relatively young organization, and we were started by a group of like-minded volunteers who all worked in the social service sector where they focused on employment for uh, people who have a disability. So the vision at ODIN is that all people who have a disability in Ontario will have access to the labor force and that they'll have the ability to achieve meaningful employment. And now, ODIN has grown over the years from this grassroots organization of volunteers 
to a team, which includes myself uh, as the CEO, and we have four diversity and inclusion specialists across the province. So we cover the entire 401 corridor, and we have somebody in North Bay. And um, together we work with our members, and we have about 140 service agencies that are members of ODIN right now. And uh, we work at several different things. We, we look at addressing issues that are related to removing the barriers that might limit employment opportunities for people who have a disability. Uh, we, we create a provincial voice to speak to government about issues that can affect service delivery and support models. We also work with the private sector and service agencies around ways that they can improve productivity, how businesses can be more productive and innovative and become diverse, inclusive uh, employers, and how service agencies can improve their employment outcomes for people who are looking for work. So those are some of the things that we do at Odin. So do you find that attitude among potential employers is the biggest barrier? Um, attitude's an interesting word, actually, Devin. I think it's mindset. I feel like we've spoken at Odin to so many businesses and met with so many different uh, leaders in different sectors, and the attitude is positive. It's very, very positive. What seems to be missing is the know-how. Um, how are we going to be an inclusive and diverse employer? What are the things that we need to do uh, to make sure that um, we're including and, and tapping into this hidden talent pool of people who have a disability? So I think sometimes what's, what's missing is just how do we source the talent? And once we do source the talent, how do we do this right so that the onboarding experience is great, so that we're getting the most out of this person and we're harnessing all of their abilities and talents? So how do um, employers that are interested in employing people with disabilities, how do they source the talent? Well, there's lots of different ways that they can. For the most part, we know that businesses across the country and pretty much everywhere in the world have really moved into this online world and everything is going online. So that means that people have created job portals and uh, application processes that are done through the computer. So one of the things that we recommend for our businesses is that they really look at their ability uh, or at their system's ability to be inclusive. Uh, how, how are people accessing these job opportunities? And, and how is their recruitment process accessible for everybody? So we really recommend taking a look at all of the different places that you can improve um, your technology to make sure that your career portals are accessible, uh, that the different technologies that exist right now are out there. Uh, are you harnessing all of those, those um, technologies so that people can navigate through the portals, that um, they're able to use the online systems with the different technology they might use to communicate, and even that your job descriptions and your job postings are inclusive, that you're looking at the language you're using, and you're only including things that are actually relevant and real. And would um, the 
members of Odin uh, located here, and I'm, I'm assuming that there are some, uh, would it be a, a good idea for potential employers to know who they are and go through them? Absolutely. One of the things that we've learned, um, especially for our research that we've been doing for the Disability Employment Awareness Month, is we've learned that there's a large percentage of businesses out there that do access employment service agencies when they want to tap into this, uh, you know, hidden talent pool. Not so hidden, uh, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, when they want to access these people. And, um, we find that they have great success when they work with service agencies because you're getting all of the support you need as a business. You're being trained, your capacity is being built, and on top of that, you're accessing talented, motivated people who want to work and are ready to work. So in Peterborough, we actually have two members. One of them is called Agilic, so that's A-G-I-L-E-C. And Agilic is in Peterborough. Do you want me to give you their phone number? Yeah, that would be great. Super. So their number is 705-740-9014. So that's 705-740-9014. And you can reach out to Agilic and they can help you as a business to determine what your hiring needs are and the best way that they can support you. The second organization that's in uh, Peterborough has been there for a very long time. They used to be known as the Peterborough Communications Support Systems. So Peterborough Communications Support Systems is now called Array Services. That's A-R-R-A-Y. And their phone number is 705-745-5040. So that's 705 705- Seven four five five zero four zero, and those are two of the members of Odin that are actually right in your community that are ready to help any business who wants to increase their hiring, and as a result, increase the success of their business. So businesses could go to them and say, "Okay, I'm interested in in hiring some people, but what technology do I need?" <coughs> They can, they can absolutely get support with that. I believe that Array Services uh, can specialize in communication, hence their previous name, around communication systems. Uh, but any of those organizations and any in the member network can help uh, businesses determine what they might need. And one of the big things is that there's a myth out there that if you're going to hire somebody who happens to have a disability, that there's going to be a lot of accommodations that need to be made. And the reality is there might be one or two accommodations, but you're not looking at anything that you as a business can't do. And the people that you're hiring are comfortable with that they use to support them in their everyday life. So as a business, you're probably going to learn something. So you're only going to be better off in the end. All right. Uh, Do businesses wanting to hire people with disabilities have to bear the cost of, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, technology like um, closed-circuit television, which can be fairly expensive? So there would be some requirements for businesses to support uh, accommodations. If they've hired somebody and 
and that's an accommodation that's required for the person to do the job, then they would have that discussion with that person around what exactly the needs are, and they could source out the technology or the accommodation that they need and determine what the cost is, and then together they can work out how that's going to be funded. So there are actually government programs out there that can support the purchase of different technologies or equipment that's required. So uh, the uh, potential employee also might be able to bring in equipment that they would require that they actually might have at home, yes? Absolutely. Yeah, you could. When you think about that, for anybody who is, is starting a new job, you're going to bring with you the tricks and the tools and the supports that you use that help you every day. I'm a person who uses sticky notes. Uh. sticky notes on everything (laughs) and that's what helps me keep on track and it marks all of my pages and it lets me realize what my employer needs me to do or what the board wants me to do and I can prioritize it based on color so I might show up with my own sticky notes my employer might also provide me with those sticky notes as well so I know that's a really simplified answer to it but definitely people can bring what works for them and uh, and show the the business what it is that they use to be successful. All right, sounds good. Bob, do you have any questions? Would she give those phone numbers again? Sure, I can give those phone numbers again. So for Agilic, Agilic Peterborough, their number is 705-740-9400. And for Array Services, which is formerly known as Peterborough Communication Support Systems, their phone number is 705-745-5040. Give either of those a call, and I am sure that you will get all of your questions answered and probably get a couple of great employees out of the conversation. And they could come to your website, too couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. People can come to our website. If you just have some general questions or you want to learn something, uh, please come and visit the Odin Network uh, website. So that's www.odenetwork.com. And on there, you'll find uh, tabs that will point you to services specifically for businesses, where you can hire us to come in and do awareness and training for you, where we can do audits of your onboarding processes and your job portals, and we can help you to be strategic in the way that you want to hire. And if you are looking for service agencies in your area, no matter where you are in the province, we have an interactive map. You can find your area on the map, and then you can locate members who will be more than happy to help you with any questions you have. During this uh, past month, uh, you uh, released uh, several articles. One was on mindset, and another one was on inclusiveness that, uh, that I've been reading. Are those available on your website, too? They absolutely are. So we put out, um, this week will be our final article. In, uh, and so we've got five different weekly themes. One is around sourcing talent. One is about making sure that your recruiting process is accessible. 
One talk specifically about the power of AI and other technology to help make your workplace more inclusive. We also have an article out there about the company culture of inclusion and what that actually means. And our last article is going to be talking about how you can make your onboarding process for all employees easier and more successful for everyone. So if you go to our website, you will be able to find those articles or you can find us on LinkedIn as well. And uh, those articles uh, are very interesting, and I I know that they'll be very helpful to anyone who is uh, interested in uh, making their uh, place of employment uh, more inclusive and uh, accessible. Is there anything that uh, you wanted to add, Jeanette, that uh, we haven't uh, talked about? I think one of the only points that I really like to make is that, you know, there's a lot of myths out there. Um, for for businesses and there's a lot of things that they're just not sure about but what we know is that uh, there is a huge talent pool of skilled people out there who have a disability and don't let myths deter you from exploring this to get the information and uh, and educate yourself so that you know what what you're missing out on really at the end of the day and we also, you know, really want to stress the fact that we're learning that organizations and businesses that have inclusive cultures are reporting that they're eight times more likely to achieve better business outcomes. So when you're talking about competition as a business, this is something that you really want to be thinking about. So we hope that everybody spends more than just October as Disability Employment Awareness Month but that they spend every month looking at how they can be more diverse and inclusive. Is this the first celebration of uh, Employment uh, Disability Awareness Month? Uh, No, actually it's not. This is a North American uh, initiative. This campaign has actually been in existence since 1945. Oh my goodness. I know. Wow. It's been since 1945. And uh, it started in the United States, and it has grown over the years. And sometimes things take a while to really pick up the momentum. But at uh, Odin, we've been really focused on Disability Employment Awareness Month and putting out a strong campaign with lots of information for businesses and service agencies for the last number of years. Well, I'm glad that... um it's finally uh, kicked in, and, and people are becoming aware that there are lots of resources out there and lots of uh, people with disabilities who would fit your uh, employment needs just fine. So thanks so much for being with us, Jeanette. This has been terrific. Well, thank you very much, Devin. I'm so glad to have spoken to you, and I hope that Peterborough has a great afternoon. All right. Thanks. You too. Okay, take care. You too. Bye for now. Bye. All right, uh, that was Jeanette Campbell from the Disability uh, Ontario Disability Six. Employment Network. And uh, maybe we can play a, a couple of tunes there, uh, Bob, um, while we uh, get our second guest in here. Okay. Very good. What right. would you like? Uh, well, um, I think there's one by Gordon Lightfoot, isn't yes. there? Very good, yes. Uh, and it's called? Boss Band. So that, I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of uh, appropriate. 
So let's start with that, and uh, we'll see where we go from, from there. All right.
Is it Friday yet? Is the weekend here? Is it time for me to kick things off with an ice cold beer? Been working so dang hard that I forget. Is it Friday yet? Is the weekend here? Is it time for me to kick things off with an ice cold beer? Been working so dang hard that I forget. Is it Friday yet? Been working so dang hard that I forget. Is it Friday? And that was Gord Banford with Is It Friday Yet? I thought those two songs would be appropriate for, um, because we're talking about employment uh, and that sort of thing. Now, though, we're going to talk about osteoporosis because if I have it right, November, which is coming up on Friday, is going to be osteoporosis month here in Canada. And uh, from Osteoporosis Canada, we have Kathy Piercy. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm. Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for inviting me. Glad you could come and uh, be on the program with us. So people are hearing me spout a word, osteoporosis. And maybe the younger people don't know what osteoporosis is. What is it? So osteoporosis is a bone disease. It's when your bones become weak and brittle and they can fracture very easily. And this usually happens as we age. Uh, but when we look at bone health, it's really important to start thinking about our bone health through our entire life because two-thirds of our bone density is actually built when we're teenagers. So we need to be thinking about our bone health at a much younger age than many of us are. Uh, as I mentioned, two-thirds of our bone uh, density is built when we're teenagers. And by about the age of 30, you can no longer add more bone density. Um, you, what you have then needs to last the rest of your life. So that's why it's really important to think about bone health at a younger age, because if we're not thinking about it when we're younger we're gonna be in trouble when we get older. And that's when osteoporosis uh, strikes. And as I mentioned, it's a, it's a bone disease when your bones become very weak and brittle. They fracture very easily by, you know, uh, maybe a hug from a grandchild could break a rib, bending over to pick something up on the floor, you could um, fracture a vertebrae in your spine. So that's why we need to be really aware of what we're doing with our bone health. Can everybody uh, get or develop osteoporosis? No, not, uh, lots of people think, oh, it's just something that comes with age. And, and that's a myth. Uh, not everybody is living with osteoporosis. Mind you, on the flip side, many people are living with osteoporosis and even don't know about it. Uh, but no, if, as I mentioned, if you build a really good bone density, like a nice strong density when you're younger, uh, it should be able to carry through your lifetime. Uh, so, not everybody gets it. 
But women and men can, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Both women and men um, can be diagnosed. So one in three women will be diagnosed with osteoporosis. Wow. And for men, the numbers really increased. It's one in five men. Oh, my goodness. So when I say one in three women and one in five men, um, those stats, they will have an osteoporotic fracture in their lifetime. So there's over 2 million Canadians living with this disease. So, first of all, how can you build, what should we do to build bone density in our younger years? Oh, great question. So, what can we do? A lot of it comes down to what are we putting in our body? What are we feeding our body? So, we really need to be thinking, uh, putting calcium in our body, and our body doesn't make calcium, but every cell in our body needs calcium to function. So we need to feed our body calcium. And that looks like maybe a glass of milk, uh, some cheese, yogurt. But it's not just dairy products. We can look at dark leafy vegetables, uh, kale, bok choy, broccoli, um, almonds, oranges, salmon with the bones in. You gotta crunch those bones in. I like that anyway. How about sardines. Sardines is another one. Yes. Yeah. They have lots of bones. They have lots of bones, but you gotta crunch those in. So some people take that spine and they throw it out, then have a, a piece of cheese with your sandwich. Um, so really incorporating calcium um, throughout every meal is really important. Uh, vitamin D is another critical. Um, vitamin that we need in our body. So vitamin D is comes from the sun. Uh, but if we're we know living in Canada half the year, the sun's not strong enough. As well in the summer when the sun is strong enough, if we're putting sunscreen on, that vitamin D can't get into our skin. So supplementing with the vitamin D um, supplement is really important. And then the other area that we need to be looking at is is exercise. Everybody's favorite word, exercise. <laughs> so that could be movement. So we want to look at strength training, using those muscles uh, to pull against the bone, um, balance exercises. So especially as we get older, looking at balance so that we're not tripping and falling because that's where fractures can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, posture. And, and we know at so many age ranges, we spend more time in front of screens. So we're sitting more, our posture is maybe not what it should be. So really looking at our posture. Again, exercise is important through all age groups. So, you know, when we're younger, we grew up doing a lot of skipping. And skipping is really like lots of impact for the bone. So that's uh, a great exercise when we're younger. But young people today are more uh, with their... Handheld <laughs> devices and uh, smartphones rather yeah. than uh, skipping and playing ball. You're absolutely right. And, and that's definitely a worry. Um, so, yeah, they're not as active as, as the, the older generation. When you look at their grandparents that were active and walking to school and doing more physical labor in, in farming and things. So, you know, it it worries me where this disease is going to go. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's uh, yep, that's a little scary. Mm -hmm. um, uh, does uh, Osteoporosis Canada um, put out ads that would appear in uh, social media networks to remind people not to be so glued to their screens and to get busy and exercise? Yes, we, we try and put those out. We do have um, a Facebook page and we're on Twitter um, and we do try and do education 
um, around that to try and get people moving and active and thinking about what they're eating. Mm -hmm. So speaking of education, um, I was right, wasn't I, when I said that November is osteoporosis month? Yes, you're right. Yeah, okay. So uh, there's going to be a special day here in Peterborough, isn't there? Yes, yeah, so we're planning a um, public education forum, and the date is uh, November the 7th. It's in the morning from 9.30 till um, the speakers will be there till around noon. And this is our eighth annual event that we're hosting in Peterborough. So the morning looks like we have three speakers coming. We have Dr. McCulley coming from the hospital. He also works at the osteoporosis clinic. Uh, so he's going to be coming talking about osteoporosis 101, basically. Uh, we have a gentleman who is a bone mineral density technician. Uh, so he's going to be talking about what's involved in going to get what we call a BMD or the, the test involved. And then we have a dietitian joining us. As I mentioned earlier, food is so important. And we have a dietitian joining us where we can find calcium with the new Canada's food guide because it looks very different than what it what it used to. So it, it certainly uh, does. And mm -hmm. does it still sort of emphasize uh, like the leafy green vegetables and things like that? Yes. Yes. So we still the easiest way to get your calcium when you're looking at the food on your plate uh, is dairy products. Uh, but we know not everybody does dairy products. So other things, dark leafy green vegetables, um, calcium is fortified or added into um, like an almond milk or rice beverage, um, orange juice. So she's going to be talking about um, where to find calcium from different food sources. Should a vegetarian or a vegan be a little bit more uh, careful that they're getting the amount of calcium they need? Yes. Well, everybody really does. But yes, so if you're not using milk products, sometimes it's a little more difficult to get the calcium you need then. So I would suggest talking to a healthcare practitioner um, or a dietitian to say, where else could I find uh, calcium if I'm choosing not to to do the dairy route. Mm -hmm. Would supplements uh, be a part of that or uh, vitamin? Yes. So we, we at Osteoporosis Canada, we always encourage food first. And if you're not able to get the amount that you need through food, then we would suggest a supplementation. As uh, ladies seem to age, uh, breaking of hips and things like that from that problem seems to be, uh, well, in my view, anyways, something that is a little bit more uh, common among the elderly, elder, elderly ladies. Well, as as well as men, though, men mm -hmm. men too are falling and breaking their hips. So usually, what happens when you kind of look at the the journey of a fracture? Usually, what happens if people don't have a good um, healthy skeleton? So what we call call a fracture is a fracture or a broken bone that happens from standing height. So that could be tripping off a curb, that could be slipping and falling. So what usually happens is at the beginning, the, the first fracture or the warning fracture is usually a wrist fracture. So they break their wrist because you trip and fall and the first thing you do is put your hands out to brace yourself. What's happening is these 
individuals are going into the hospital with a wrist fracture and they're saying, oh, well, we're going to cast that, you know, you'll heal, it will be fine. So 20%, only 20% of people going in with these fractures are getting some kind of care or treatment. Then what happens is within another year or five years, they they fracture again. It could be the other wrist. It could be a a rib or a vertebrae. Um, And then usually as they get older, kind of in their 80s, then it seems to be the hip. So what's happening is we're starting to see these um, fractures, but they're not being caught. So we have a a presentation that we share and there's a care gap. So if you went into the hospital with a heart attack, nobody would ever say, oh, you know, it's only a heart attack. You'll be fine. Off you go. And there's no treatment, right? That that just sounds ludicrous. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely ludicrous. So 80% of people going into the hospital with a heart condition are leaving with treatment and education. Less than 20% that are going in with fractures are leaving with education and treatment. And so they're fracturing um, multiple times. I know a gentleman out out west that fractured 12, 13 times before he was diagnosed. Oh, that's awful. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in this country, there's a lot of places where ice is Mm -hmm. (laughs) prevalent in the wintertime on parking lots, sidewalks, driveways. It's very easy for a person to fall. Itch. And uh, get a fracture, and um, sometimes uh, not so easy right away to get to a hospital. Yes, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We do live in a country with lots of snow and ice. Um, so what what happens is, especially when people know that they've been diagnosed, what happens is they start to. Um, recluse and actually not want to go outside in those winter months. So there's a lot of isolation that happens. Um, but you'd be surprised a lot of fractures actually because you you seem more aware. It's like, okay, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to be very aware of where I'm stepping and maybe putting grippers on my on my shoes. I'm, I'm very aware and, and cognizant of where I am. You would be surprised that a lot of the falls and fractures are happening in people's homes. Oh, tripping over uh, rugs a rug, whatever? Tripping over a rug. Uh, pets are a wonderful oh, yes. uh, companion. Yes. <laughs> but they like to be near you. Yes. So um, being aware of where your pet is, uh, is is really important as well. And the famous throw rug, right? Oh, the famous, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Please yeah. throw them out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> And uh, tripping over things at night, uh, you know, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I won't need to turn on the light. I'm just going to the the washroom, uh, but there's something in the way. Um, a friend of mine um, tripped over the leg of a, an old sewing machine that mm-hmm. she had. Yeah. Yeah. So just being aware of, of your space, right? Looking around mm-hmm. um, your your home, um, your personal space, making sure it's clear of uh, of things that could be a tripping hazard. I know that uh, for myself, I avoid stairs that don't <laughs> have railings or oh, a yes. banister of some yeah. time. I am That's very right. uh, careful that I hold on to a railing oh, yeah. or a banister any time that I'm on a stairs. Mm-hmm. Even three or four steps. Yeah, It's a good thing to have a railing. I think yeah. it's very unsafe not to. Yeah. Interesting you mentioned that. So we have... Um, about four or five times a year, we have webinars on our website uh, from different healthcare professionals around the country. And people living in older homes, the um, 
the railings don't actually go down to the bottom yeah. of the stairs. And that was not, what, what's the word, uh, like property legal. Like you didn't have to have them. So no. what's happening, um, people, you, your hand gets to the bottom of the rail and you think you're at the bottom stair. Yeah. And there's one more step. So if you are living in an older home, be very aware of that because that uh, I've heard many people and have, have said them. have them well lit. Well lit. Like some of those older stairs are narrow and not very yeah. well lit. And yeah. even outside, uh, yeah. stairs oh, can yeah. be not well lit. Exactly. So where is this uh, uh, special uh, seminar happening on November 7th? Yes, yeah. so we will be having it at the Peterborough Navy Club, uh, just the corner of Lansdowne and River Road South. Um, it, it's a beautiful venue. They do a fabulous job for us there. Um, there is a light lunch that we provide as well. Um, so we, we are asking for donations just to help with the cost. But it's, it's a lot of information um, for the morning. And it, it, it's kind of nice to be able to hear a local doctor mm-hmm. speak and, and be able to ask questions. Right. And are these uh, doctors like somewhat specialists in that yes. field? Yes. Yeah. Dr. McCulley is a rheumatologist. Yeah. Okay. So it starts at 9 o'clock and it goes to about noon? Yes. So doors will open at 9. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our event will start at 9.30 by the time people get their coffee and, and sit down. Um, and then we'll have the three speakers throughout the morning event. Okay. Uh, Frankie is uh, expressing his opinion here. I didn't ask for it, but uh, there it is. Um, now, there is also uh, a, a group, uh, an osteoporosis uh, group that meets uh, once, a month, once a month, isn't there? Yeah. Yes, so we have our, our Peterborough, we kind of, it's a support group slash information group. Um, this group has been going in Peterborough, oh gosh, I want to say 15 or 20 years. Uh, so we meet on the third Thursday of the month and we meet at Activity Haven, which is uh, just up the road here from Trent Radio. It's on 180 Bernardo Street, so mm-hmm. it's the old, um, uh, the old schoolhouse, Queen Alexander schoolhouse i believe okay um so we meet once a month like i said the third thursday of the month from one till three and we talk about different things we could every month is a different topic but sometimes we'll have different people joining us sometimes we get a guest speaker and sometimes it's just sharing um thoughts and ideas and and what's working and because usually when you get diagnosed with osteoporosis uh you're usually shocked because there's no feeling you have no it's called the silent thief yeah Uh, you have no feeling that your bones are getting weaker and more brittle so there's usually a a lot of shock when somebody is diagnosed uh and then uh from the doctor's point of view they say you know don't bend twist lift heavy things don't fall down you'll be fine yeah ah (laughs) so now what do i do so this is a really nice group um we share um thoughts and stories and we support each other and when people have you know questions it's a really nice group to come to are there uh Things that are done for people that are recovering, say, from falls, like maybe uh, getting a wheelchair for them or getting a cane for them or uh, maybe even a brace uh, that you would need for their ankle, anything like that? Mm -hmm. So our organization, that's not something we do. So that would be done through um, 
your healthcare your healthcare team. Uh, when you look at braces in a back brace from a, a spinal fracture, th- there's some. It's interesting because you want those muscles. It's it's excruciating pain, but you also want those muscles to continue to um, stay strong. So it's always a double-edged sword. Do you yeah. put a Do you put a brace on and then not use those muscles, or do you try and strengthen those muscles? So my suggestion would be. You know, if this is something, if you have had a fracture, um, you know, put a healthcare team around you. You're the kind of the captain of your ship. So have really open dialogue with your doctor. Go on our website. It is scientifically uh, vetted information. Our website is osteoporosis.ca. Um, get your pharmacist involved. They know, you know, not everybody needs medication, but if there's medication, they're the ones that have gone to school for it. And I highly suggest uh, if if there was a fracture and you need to do some exercises, look for a physiotherapist or an exercise professional that has bone fit training. So bone fit is a added certificate that they can add to their collection. And it is... Um, hosted through Osteoporosis Canada. So because there's certain ways that you need to to, to move um, after a fra- before and after a fracture. So we have a number of people uh, in the city of Peterborough and county that have this certification. So I would highly recommend that. Would they come you- to your very home if that was required? At the beginning, after a hip fracture, because the government, there are some home visits at the beginning. So they could come to your home, and then once you get up and moving, uh, you'd go out into the community. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else? We're running out of time a little bit here. All right. We're okay, but... Yeah. Is uh, there anything else you want to add, uh, Kathy? You know what? I would just suggest going on to our website. It's It's got lots of information. Again, that's osteoporosis.ca. There's videos on exercise. There's um, a, a calcium calculator that you can calculate how much calcium you've had in a day. Uh, there's lots of kind of to-do activities on it, um, webinars, uh, information that you can watch, different things. So it's it's a wealth of information. All right. And there's also the Canada Food Guide. And the Canada Food <laughs> yes. Guide. That's yeah. right. I'm going to be uh, really interested in hearing about the uh, new Canada Food Guide as mm-hmm. it relates to bone health on mm-hmm. Thursday, November 7th, starting at the doors open at 9 at the Navy Club. Yes? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for... Uh, I, I could talk to you for forever, I think. <laughs> well, you know, as we get older... I know that uh, our guest has noted that uh, we should be more careful even as we are, you know, in our teens and what have you. But I think that as we get older, it is something that we really have to notice Mm -hmm. and always make sure with our uh, doctors and uh, the people that look after us, whether or not, you know, we're doing what we should be doing to help ourselves. That's right. That's right. We need to empower ourselves. Yeah. Yep, that's for sure. So thanks again. And um, I'm sure we'll be talking again at some point. And uh, Bob, if you've got that uh, rock and bones, uh, we do have a song that's kind of Halloweenish and uh, also about uh, bones, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can we uh, put that on? And, and then we'll. Right now. Will we have time? Uh,
Dawson and Rockin' Bones. Well, well, we just have a, a, about the time to say goodbye, and that's about it. All right. Okay. Um, take good care, everybody. And uh, do we have music to finish with? or Maybe we should just end with an ID here. All right. Take good care, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>